Welcome to Arrow in the Knee podcast, a podcast all about Skyrim, Oblivion, and other Elder Scrolls things. And today we will be talking about Elder Scrolls Online. We're going to be talking about Skyrim. I'm going to be going a bit more in depth in my Let's Play, which I've been talking about for a few for a few episodes, but I'm going to be going a little bit more in depth because I want to catch up on it a little bit. And also, we will be talking about Fallout 3 versus Skyrim. We're going to put two, those two amazing games together and saying which one is better. It's going to be a bit of a conversation because I have been playing uh, Fallout 3 a little bit more this week and there's some things that it does better than Skyrim but some things that I'm really missing there. So we're going to be talking about that. But before we do that, let's talk about Elder Scrolls Online, the Elder Scrolls MMORPG, which I play solo and I really enjoy. And at the moment I have two characters going. I have the Dark Elf, which is more of a sneaky character. I choose the Necromancer um, skill sets and I use, you know, uh, staff and stuff like that. But I kind of leaning a bit more about kind of assassin stealth kind of character because I've done the Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild quests as such. Um, I do focus a little bit more on stealthing my way through the game and I'm really enjoying this. Uh, I have unlocked the second um, weapon slot so right now I dual wield daggers as well which is quite cool and it does work a little bit better sometimes than the staff. The staff is good when there's a lot of enemies but if there's one enemy it's better to just kind of come closer to it and kill it if I can't you know stealth kill it using the Dark Brotherhood arsenal uh, because you have a dark brotherhood like special skills if you can't stealth kill them i prefer to move closer to them and just use the daggers that way i can, can get rid of them before the other enemies see it but if there's more enemies i usually just go for uh, the staff so i've been playing this character a bit uh, i was mainly just doing grinding if i'm gonna be honest one of those i'm doing one of those kind of main quests and there's a lot of grinding that is like Kill five of those, bring seven Daedra hearts. It's a lot of that, so I've been doing a bit of that uh, just because I want to progress for the main story. But I also have a second character, which is an Imperial. So yeah, I'm one of those suckers that bought the Imperial Edition, and I do enjoy playing as the Imperial, uh, and especially this character because it's a complete opposite of my Dark Elf. So my Imperial is more of a a righteous warrior. He is a Templar. I think that's the... It's like a Paladin class. I think that's Templar. So I'm playing as a Templar and I am really focusing on melee, which I didn't focus on the other character. Even with the daggers, it is more a last resort. So it is interesting to just play full melee. It is a different game that way. I do think it is. I think you deal more damage. Uh, but in the beginning level, it's a little bit annoying because I did die more often than with my Necromancer because I don't have as much um, as much like uh, projectiles and stuff like that. There is one where you threw like a spear of light into the enemies, and that one is quite good, and you can take pe people out from a distance. But um, because I was more focused on melee, I put more uh, my points into stamina. Which means that um, I don't actually, I'm not able to use the, the spear as often as, like, for example, with the Necromancer, I can just spam different uh, different projectile attacks and just destroy the enemies. So that, that part was very interesting. I like playing different styles in Elder Scrolls game, and Elder Scrolls Online is no different. I do really enjoy my Templar, 
and I enjoy it as well because I am exploring Marakaf. So I went and uh, for that, uh, you know, quest line. It's it's a DLC quest which, if you have Elder Scrolls Online Plus, you get for free or you get it in a package, I guess. Uh, but um, you can also buy it. And at the moment, I'm really enjoying the Marakaf expansion. It's all about you trying to defeat some kind of witches, and you team up with. A group of good vampires, which I thought uh, was very interesting. In Skyrim, uh, vampires were always portrayed as evil. Uh, you know, the only kind of clan of vampires was the evil one, um, or as far as I know. So it was interesting to see that there was a group of kind of good vampires that were tasked in defeating the evil vampires, or at least uh, getting them on our side, which is interesting. So I was doing this ex uh, this. Uh, part of DLC. It, again, it's it's an MMO, so there's a lot of kill three of those, you know, light seven fires, all that kind of stuff, which I don't mind. I actually enjoy quite quite a lot. I think it's a very nice, relaxing kind of questing system. When I want to just sit down and relax and don't think too much, I play an MMO. <laughs> That's the way I do it. But the reason I want to really mention this is because, because now I have access to Markov, which is one of my favorite cities in Skyrim, I had noticed something. So, overall, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, all those games have such a deep lore. I that's what I think one of the reasons why people love it so much. It's probably second to Lord of the Rings in ter terms of lore. I don't even think Witcher, for example, has as deep lore as as complex, complexly built kind of world and places that are as memorable. Uh, as they are in Elder Scrolls. Actually, like, the cities, the, the towns, uh, they are used across such a wide range of time, and it's just so interesting to revisit them at different stages of the, you know, Tamriel, different eras. And Elder Scrolls Online is kind of like a prequel. It, I think it takes like 10, or not 10,000, it's like a thousand years before Skyrim or something like that. So it is. Um, it's a different time. Uh, the, the the cities and everything do look different. However, a lot of the places that you find from like Skyrim and Oblivion are quite similar. And I was really impressed with the cities from Oblivion, especially Anvil, because it's so like it looks so much nicer. Because again, Oblivion was a very limited game. It had very limited graphics, uh, it had to load between areas because it just didn't have, the, the hardware it was built on didn't have the ability to have a very huge sprawling city. It was still very lively and I actually in a few episodes back I did talk about how Oblivion cities are sometimes actually better than the ones in Skyrim, but they still had limitations and visiting them in Elder Scrolls Online is an awesome experience. Like seeing Anvil like all opened up with the harbor being much bigger and it doesn't not feeling as limited you know you don't have to go for a load screen to go from the city to the harbor it's it's so nice however uh, now looking at Marakaf so I haven't really visited too much places from Skyrim in Elder Scrolls Online I don't know why it's just maybe that my questing always took me into the new worlds and that's what I do overall enjoy in Elder Scrolls Online going to the places that you can't see in the other games like you know, Vivenfell and other ones, you know, um, I Hammerfell, that's that's the place that I do prefer to, to go to usually. But going to Marakiv was very interesting because compared to 
the places from Oblivion, like Anvil, Marika felt smaller than in Skyrim. And it's not necessarily a fault that it's, you know, it's, it's designed differently or it's smaller scale overall. To be fair, when I, I played, went through, walked through Markov and then went back to Skyrim to look at this, both of them uh, look the same, <laughs> like, or very similar, like, uh, the, the overall arrangement of the city is the same. However, Markov and Elder Scrolls Online do feel like a miniature version, and I think it's just the way that MMOs are designed. They just can't be as detailed and as kind of lively as the actual, you know, single-player game because they don't they not only design Skyrim, they designed the whole Tamriel. So it would take too much resources, it would take too much, uh, like, storage on your system um, to be able to, to have everything as detailed as Skyrim. And it would take hundreds of years for them to do this because just look how, how long we're waiting for Elder Scrolls 6. However, I do think that uh, that it is a bit of a shame that when you go into Marakath, like being all excited, you realize it is a lesser version of Marakath. It feels like transition between, uh, you know, if you go from Elder Scrolls Anvil to Oblivion Anvil, that's how it feels. It feels much more restrictive. It feels just not as lively. Um, but. Overall, I do think they have overall translated very well, and I do love how precise they are. Those cities are not different. It is the same city uh, across different games, and that's just how how precise they are. That's how much they kind of respect the lore of their games, uh, of the world they created, and I love that. And I think that's one of the reasons why Elder Scrolls is such a beloved series, because the lore does actually translate over different games. It's not just there for a laugh it's actually they designed this and they cherish it and they build the games around it and i think that's why the games are also so good because when you have lore it's so much easier to create stories around it and i think that's that's why elder scrolls is so good but yeah i absolutely love this i haven't been able to play elder scrolls as much as i wanted to so i haven't really got into the mark of actual um quest too much because there was new news, uh, new month, new update, and I'm playing ma mainly on Steam Deck. And it does seem there's a bit of an issue on the Steam Deck where when you update it, uh, so it updates, first of all, normally for Steam, but then there's an update on the actual, like, uh, startup screen. Whenever you start Elder Scrolls, it co comes up with that, like, little la launcher thing. And that took six hours to update, and I'm not even exaggerating. It took six hours for this game to update. As such, I wasn't able to play too much because the six hours I had that day to play games, I had to play on my Switch because Steam Deck didn't didn't update. So that was a bit of a shame, but um, that's something I will need to look at. Maybe I'll have to switch to a different console, um, but it's so nice to have this portability. I do hope that they will in future maybe on Switch 2 have it, or maybe they do make it Steam compatible in some way and remove the browser or something, or the browser, the launch, um, whatever, a launcher, whatever you call it, you know, um, but we, we shall see. But overall, it's a good, good, good game. But talking about good games, let's go into our main topic, which is Fallout 3 versus 
Elder Scrolls Skyrim. So every now and then I'm gonna do those kind of sex sessions where I basically talk about some game compared to Skyrim because Skyrim is one of the best games ever made and you can argue all you want but the freedom, the options you have in Skyrim are limitless even without mods. There's so many different playstyle and there's so much to explore. Even if you do the missions again, you can do them differently. You can tackle enemies differently. And it's such a good game. So, I always try to find something that scratches similar itches. Uh, and I sometimes look at games that people say are better than Skyrim. And one of them that I sometimes hear is the Fallout series. And I think Fallout 4 is a horrible game. And I did talk a little bit about, about that in a previous episode. But today I want to talk about its predecessor, Fallout 3. Fallout New Vegas is a completely different kettle of fish and I will talk about it um, at some later date because I love that game, but Fallout 3 I never played as much. At the time when it came out, I didn't really have a console, I was mainly playing on PC, I was playing old school RPGs from Witcher 1, Gothic, uh, you know, Dragon Age Inquisitions, um, you know, Baldur's Gate, that kind of stuff I was playing at the time where um, Fallout 3 came out. And so I, I never really had like a nostalgia factor to it. I played it a little bit uh, ages, ages after it came out uh, on Xbox 360. And I liked it, but um, then I got Fallout uh, New Vegas and I loved it so much more. And I just abandoned Fallout 3. So I decided recently to give it a go uh, on Steam Deck, you know, play it a little bit and see how it stacks up to... Uh, previous Fallout games and how does it compare to Skyrim and oh my god that game is great so Fallout 3 if you don't know the Fallout franchise it is basically if you took kind of the basis of Elder Scrolls games you know the, the basic mechanics and the idea of open world and put it in a post-apocalyptic setting that's what Fallout is and they succeeded at doing this Fallout 3 was the first 3D uh, open world um, Fallout game in the franchise. Previously, it was like more isometric, similar to Baldur's Gate. And I never played those games. I really want to because I do like those kind of games. But people do and it did really enjoy those old games. But the Fallout 3 is what really popularized the franchise and made it mainstream. And there's a good reason for that. Fallout 3 is the first of its kind. Really, it's a f it's an best probably best post-apocalyptic world I have ever played in, in an open world game. Uh, this is all about you, uh, you know, living in a vault, uh, which is like a fallout shelter um, that would prevented you from dying from the <laughs> nuclear war. So I think, I think the, the events in Fallout 3 are set quite a bit after the war, but essentially what happens is you're that, um, gets um, gets lost or leaves the vault and you try to find him. Uh, your dad who's played by Liam Neeson, which is interesting. And you basically have to escape the vault, which was your home for all your life, which was this uh, shelter, safe, no radiation, no monsters, just, um, just a t totalitarian regime uh, from the overseer which is the, this kind of supreme leader so you leave the vault and you go into the open world and you need to kind of adjust to kind of 
to this harsh environment because you are living all your life in this very safe very uh very controlled environment and you suddenly go into this open world and i think that this whole setup is so nice um, it does feel kind of like freeing yourself from prison, like an oblivion, where you just, you know, you go from this tight, secure place uh, to an sprawling open world, which has limitless possibilities. And if we compare it to Skyrim, I do think that the intro for Fallout 3 is a little bit better. Um, in S Skyrim, the whole thing about Helgen and stuff, it gets old, and I think it's just a little bit too long in, in in Skyrim, personally. Because it does teach you some mechanics and everything, but I don't know, it just doesn't feel as good. I have to say, in Fallout 3 it is more story-based, but I think it does give you a little bit more push to what you should be doing, or, what, or, or give you kind of this excuse to explore a bit more. When in Fallout, in Skyrim, just they go like, here you go, there's dragons, go go to Whiteron, and you're like, but why? Fuck that, <laughs> you know? And in Fallout 3, I do like the, the whole idea of of making moral decisions from the start, because you have to choose how you break out from the vault. You can go out killing everyone and burning bridges, or you can, uh, you know, try some kind of a peaceful way to leave the vault. And that sets the tone of your character from the start. While in Skyrim they try to do that by you choosing Imperial uh, to go with the Imperials or go with the Stormcloaks from the beginning. But because you have no really context of what which one is which other than that Imperials wanted to catch your head off, you know, it doesn't really feel like that important decision. So that's what I, I did, did like in the Fallout 3 a little bit more is the intro. I think it is a nice way of doing things and then they incorporate you choosing your kind of skill set and from um, through a story so you take like a test in Fallout 3 where you can select um, you select different answers and that then determines kind of your skill set which is very nice um, so yeah I, I do I do like that about Fallout 3 a little bit more but when we come to uh, the story just as I touched on it in the beginning I do like the fact that it gives you kind of a bit more story reason to explore the world. Like in, in Skyrim, I feel like, why am I leaving? Like, why am I going to Whiterun if I wanted to flee Skyrim? Shouldn't I just try to flee again? Uh, you know, I don't want to be in Skyrim. That's my character's motivation to not be in Skyrim, especially now that there's dragons roaming around. Um, so I do like that. However, in all the Fallout games, um, well, especially Fallout 3 and 4, it does feel that story is, like, the main story is much bigger part of the game than in Skyrim. And it is a good and a bad thing depending on what you like. I personally prefer this bit of a... I do like the Fallout thing, but I do prefer that the in Skyrim, after you complete the main mission first time, you can completely ignore it the second time. Here, it is cool, and I do think it is a bit of a better start to the game, gives a better kind of idea of the world when you play it the first time. Uh, the fact that you have that dad that's lost somewhere means that you will be going and doing the, the main mission. You're not gonna just sprawl, just go, go out and go random direction because you want to find your dad, you know? 
Um, yes, you can ignore that quest, but for me, it really hurts the lore <laughs> whenever you just go like, ah, fuck my dad, I just killed my way through through vault, uh, or through the fallout shelter I was in, or the vault, yeah, that's also what they call them, um, and I'm just gonna, you know, say, screw it, I'm not gonna search for my dad, he, he, you know, he abandoned me or something. You could make a story reason, but it just doesn't feel 100% right. I think Fallout 4 done it worse because they focus on it much more than in Fallout 3. And you completely feel wrong exploring there. It's that l ludonarrative dissonance, I think, that <laughs> the uh, serious, um, you know, gaming journalists call it. But it, it just doesn't, the gameplay and the concept of the game just doesn't 100% work with the story um, and that's why Skyrim is better on a multi, uh, kind of a second playthrough when you can ignore the main story and making your, your own stories but Fallout 3 uh, when I'll be playing it again I'll be thinking about that that you know your dad is gone and I'm just here blowing up some cities you know that sounds a little bit weird but talking of which I do think that that um, the choices in Fallout 3 are a little bit more hard-hitting than in Skyrim. I love Skyrim's choices, and I love the fact that you can go with Imperials, you can go with uh, with Stormcloaks, you can uh, go with the Dawn Guard, you can go with with the Vampires, uh, you can become part of the Black Brotherhood, but you can also destroy them. So there's few different options you have, and I like that. However, there's nothing as as big as Megaton. So, it's minor spoilers if you haven't played Fallout 3, but it's an old game, so I don't feel bad saying it. But in Fallout 3, you actually have a choice to blow up a whole town. So imagine just completely, like, blowing up Whiterun. <laughs> it's like the first city that you see. You just completely destroy it and kill everyone in it. That is crazy that you can do that and i think that's the the point where a lot of a lot of people when they play this game they they follow this quest and they're like will this actually be possible and then when they blow up the town they're like oh my god yes the choices do actually matter in this game and that's also when i played it for the first time and i blew up um yes i'm evil blew up megaton i realized wow this game actually has some hard-hitting choices and Overall, I found that I have to be much more careful when I talk to people. I had times where you go somewhere, you want to sort something out, and you just like uh, go like skip through the options, and then the character just gets actually mad at you that you chose certain option and doesn't want to talk to you anymore. For example, um, you um, to blow up uh, the bomb, you have to put um, this kind of a remote control device thing on it, and you have to have a high technical skill, which I did not have. So, to increase your skills, you can take those uh, drugs called Mentas, I think they're called, and uh, you have to find this guy to get them. And there's one point where, where you talk to him and you want to, you know, persuade him so he sells you the Mentas. You go like, oh, I heard you have a problem with Mentas. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I don't. Um, okay, I did. And then you can say just, well, it's not my problem. And if you say that, he, he gets mad at you and you can't buy mentals from him anymore. And I was so shocked that this one dialogue option can completely change change the way you play it. It can, can completely like eliminate certain part of the game where you can just buy the drugs, you know? 
it's so interesting that um, it's it actually normal talking with the characters have actual impact on the game well in Skyrim it doesn't really you can skip all the dialogues you always have an option when you know you know you only have an option to go back you always know when you're making a big decision that will completely change the you know change the game you it's very easily telegraphed when here you never know so that's why you have to be always careful when you say something and that might sound like a bad thing but it is awesome i absolutely love the fact that i have to read everything twice i need to read it carefully listen to the tone and you know react accordingly and that is just amazing and that's something i would l really want to see back in in those kind of games and hopefully starfield will do that or next fallout game but honestly it is amazing what's not amazing and i think it's not 100 fair to compare those two but the gameplay of fallout so fallout 3 gameplay is just not as complex as the one in in Skyrim and it's just not possible because again you don't have magic you only have really weapons so you can shoot people you can uh, have melee weapons and that that's basically it there are power armors there's like laser weapons there's weapons that work a little bit differently blah 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 but overall I found it to all of it to be very basic and i think they realized that that's why i think the vat system was really utilized and they focus on that because that really does help the gameplay the gameplay um is just basically basic shooting but the aiming isn't the best it doesn't feel as responsive as you know modern shooting games or even shooting games at the time um but with the vat system where you can select different limbs it is quite cool I don't know if that's something I would ever want to see in the Elder Scrolls games, but it does really work well with Fallout. It is very kind of RPG feel feeling system because you select, uh, so you press a button and it kind of pauses in the gameplay, and then you can select where you're gonna aim. And through like leveling up, you can improve those skills, um, and you can select particular parts of, of a person and stuff like that. And I really like selecting like a head. And it gives you a percentage, like say 60% chance that you're gonna hit it. But you like select a few times and, and then you see you just there's like a slow motion of you shooting at their head. And sometimes when you hit correctly, like their head explodes or something like that. It's just so satisfying. I think that's very cool. It kind of it's similar to Skyrim, whenever you, you you're at the end of enemy's life and you like just hit the button and it gives you the killing animation. That's how it kind of feels, but you have a bit more control over it, which is kind of cool. Um, and I do enjoy that, but the gameplay isn't as varied and satisfying. I, sneaking I found to be much more difficult in Fallout, and not in a good way. It doesn't feel fair, it doesn't feel well telegraphed. It has similar kind of thing like in, in, in Skyrim, but instead of a little eye, it has like a little word that says hidden or whatever. And I just don't feel it works as well. Um, and because of lack of variety of weapons and no magic, of, you know, which makes sense, it just doesn't feel that you have as much options to taking out enemies quietly. Um, I just feel that in Skyrim, you know, you have the bow, which is silent. You can, um, you know, 
you use illusion to make the distract the enemy or to like paralyze them paralyze paralyze them i can't even speak um so there's so many options well in fallout 3 there doesn't seem to be as much but again it's a different type of game for a different type of thing um but i do think that skyrim does gameplay better and i'm gonna be I'm gonna be fair here, this is a much older game, if anything, and um, if I compare the gameplay to something like Oblivion is a little bit closer, but Oblivion is still better, in my opinion. But it's just the limitation of the theme, you can't go as crazy um, and have as much variety in a theme which is much more realistic, it's just not possible, unless you abandon realism and go for just madness and <laughs> instead of um you know just having the weapons you could you could introduce magic why not but it just would mess with the lore and everything so i don't think they will ever do that but um yeah for what it is it is it it hasn't aged too badly i think it's aged actually better than oblivion um i think it plays quite well uh, with a controller even on pc uh, or steam deck so it's quite good in that way but, again, Skyrim plays better, has more options, uh, so I do think it wins in this regard. But yeah, um, other than that, the only other thing I would like to mention with this is definitely um, the fact that Elder Scrolls um, not only has it, you know, a little bit less story, but also Elder Scrolls, I feel, um, has... that. <sighs> worse um, leveling up system. So in Elder Scrolls, as you do stuff, you level them up. And it's, it's somewhat similar in Fallout 3. I think it is a little more outdated and you can't do certain things uh, if you're under level. Like you, can, like you can't try picking up a lock which is an uh, expert while, while, while you can't do it in Skyrim. And I do appreciate that in Skyrim because you can actually level them up by failing doing something which is too difficult for you, which is cool when, when it doesn't work in Fallout. However, what Fallout has for um, going for it is the different perks. So you actually can, as you level up, select different perks, which for example, you can select um, uh, that you are like a little league player and that increases all of your melee weapon damage. And every time you level up, for example, you get extra damage to uh, or extra points towards melee or for example I, I selected black widow which meant that i could have better speech with male characters and i could control them more like like uh, it was easy for me to um to get them to pay me more money or something like that it's like, like select it basically unlocked brand new um brand new um voice options or talking options with the characters, the dialogue options, which allowed me to, you know, manipulate them in certain ways, which is interesting thing, thing uh, that can be done, and that means that there's more variety in the gameplay each time you play the game. So if I select different, uh, you know, different perk at the beginning, I would not be able to get as much money for blowing a Megaton, you know? So it is interesting, the perk system, and it does seem it's coming back with Starfield, so I'm hoping to see it in Elder Scrolls as well, but it definitely it definitely adds more variety. When in Elder Scrolls or Skyrim, the leveling up is very basic. It's just leveling up the skill and just putting your point in one of the basic skills. There's nothing kind of cool, unique um, like the perk system, so yeah, I think that's what Fallout has going for it as well.
But yeah, uh, if I were to say which game is better, I would still go with Elder Scrolls Skyrim because Skyrim is just a bit more varied. You have more options. You have the whole thing about, you know, playing a different way. However, I do think Fallout starts a little bit better and it's, it sets the tone for the whole game. And I do really like the perk system. And I do think the choices are so much better in, in Fallout 3. Skyrim has a little bit forgotten about that. It has a little bit went more into gameplay than the choices, which again, I do feel that is changing in the, for future, basing on what we see in Starfield. However, Fallout does win in this category, but overall Skyrim is a better game, which I think you shouldn't be shocked at because this is a Skyrim theme podcast. Um, but I was trying to be as objective as I can. And I think Fallout 3 is an amazing game. If you played the Scrolls Skyrim like to death, I would recommend Elder Scrolls. Uh, Elder Scrolls. I would recommend Fallout 3 because it is such a good game. But yeah, that was our main topic. And usually we go straight into a gameplay of Skyrim. But... Uh, Today I'm going to do something different. So this is a new section, which feels weird after just discussing uh, Fallout versus Skyrim. But this is the section in which we're going to have in every podcast where I'm going to compare or give you an example of a game that you should play if you like Skyrim. So we already said Fallout is very close to Skyrim, but there are certain games which are not as close to something like Skyrim, but... And they scratch certain itches in the same way. So today I'm going to be talking about a game that I think does exploration very well. And this game is Conan Exiles. So Conan Exiles is a game which you, when, when you look at this, you say, this is nothing like Skyrim. And that's what I thought as well. I just bought it because I felt like playing a survival game. So it's a hardcore survival game all about, you know, building... Uh, cr- uh, crafting, you know, taking resources, all the typical survival game stuff. However, when I start playing it, I realize that this game feels a little bit like Skyrim in terms of the exploration. So you're put into this giant map and then you can go where you want. You're only limited by the f- or just stopped by the enemies, which can be very difficult at the beginning. But as you play it, you get better equipment and you manage to kill the enemies and I found myself uh, going into this loop like I do in Skyrim where I stumble upon like a, let's say a camp or a, a cave full of enemies which I try to kill but they're too tough so I run away I focus my my efforts to get as powerful equipment as I can to level up to get new armor and then come back and clear the cave and then just just satisfaction after doing that is very similar to one in Skyrim. So this is a game which I will have to recommend in a big caveat that it is a survival game. If you don't want very difficult survival games probably don't play this one. However it is probably the the most casual one apart from Minecraft that I can think of. Uh, it's not as hardcore as Rust or even Ark. I think this one is much simpler and it is um, much easier than the other ones and you can play it solo, which is great. Um, but I do think that uh, if you are looking for a game where you can just explore and just 
you like you have this loop of exploring, find, finding somewhere you want to conquer, but you're not not um, you're not powerful enough, so you need to level up. If that's a loop you like, I think Conan Exiles it's a good game to try. Um, I do believe that they every now and then they do have like a free weekend, so try it when it's out there because it is quite hardcore game. I think it's out on everything, but if you play it on PC, you can you know play the two hours and then um, you can refund it potentially um, if you don't like it. But I think it's a worth a shot. If you like exploration, you like the, that loop, it is good. But with that, let's move to. The part that is here from the beginning, the Skyrim Let's Play. And today, I'm going to be talking a little longer for about it, because I really do want to catch up with what I'm doing right now, because what I've been talking about, my Skyrim Let's Play, uh, um, in the last episode, I'm, it's probably 20 hours behind on where I am now. So I do really want to kind of catch up to what I'm doing right now. So, um, without further ado, let's begin. So, this is the tale of our Crusader Bard, which is no longer a Crusader. He has abandoned that life and the Crusader's armor because the gods kept punishing him despite his good deeds. So, we have put on the um, old god's armor and we have uh, gotten the um, equipment of Molag Baal, which is the mace, which is very good. Um, and. Then we felt a strange hunger. We blank out and then we realized that we were drinking blood of an innocent. We became a vampire. That is why the gods have abandoned us. We become a monster. That meant I cannot come back to my brothers in Dangard. What can I do for myself? Like, what can we do? The sun burned. I had new armor and no brothers. <sighs> what can we do? So first thing I did is went to the worst town of the worst people, Riften. Because I I couldn't be in a, such a nice place as Markov. I didn't deserve it. There I got a dwarven armor. Um, because just the old god's armor just wasn't enough to protect me from the sunlight. And then we got um, a message from Carl Silmo, which, um, again, I can't pronounce that properly, but he was doing Dwarven research, um, so I went to him um, because of his message, and he asked me to kill this big-ass spider, which was great fun per usual. Then just roaming um, through Markov, I tried to get into the Hall of the Dead, yet it was closed, and the priest told me someone was eating the flesh of the dead. Who was I to judge someone that did this? Me being a monster myself, feeding on others. But no, I never ate flesh. Never ate the dead. So I decided, you know what? I'm gonna do my duty and destroy them. So I went into the hall of the dead and the monster wanted me to join her to tempt me with the human flesh. I slayed the monster and realized that I'm not a monster myself. Even if I am, I shall not let it strafe me from the path of righteousness. I was gonna help people 
and my next mission took me underneath Markov into the Dwarven city. The huge golden pillars, the ev the everescent steam, the Dwarven architecture and the scope was truly breathtaking. Sadly, the ancient corridors were swarmed with Falmer, which, as always, were a bother. I got rid of them swiftly, but again, not without certain sacrifices, um, because they're tough. <laughs> they're very tough. Um, so yeah, uh, me and my companion, we did good job getting rid of them though, but not as good as the ancient Dwarven Centurions. These machines, despite being centuries old, were still as deadly as ever. This was overall an easy mission to retrieve a journal, which we did without too much issue. It was time to go to the dinner party, where I wanted to stop the feasts. Um, this was a dinner party organized by the vampires. But when I got there, they were tempting me. They invited me to dine with them. And the smell of blood. Oh, the blood's flowing through the victim's veins. It was just so tempting. So I had to get out of there and get more powerful before I take on the vampire plague. I needed a new equipment or experience or both. And for that, I decided to visit the orc stronghold Dunshing Yal, I believe it was. There I met Gorbash, who wanted to travel with me, but Serena... I couldn't let her go. She's the only one who understands me right now. We're both... Monsters. So I have refused his axe and went on my way. As I was traveling, I got an invitation from known warrior from Henderheim. Maybe they will shine the way for me. When I got there, uh, she said that she wanted me to fight her. She wanted to um, finally have a fight that ends her life. And I have defeated her, which was more difficult than I was expected. But she died the way she did, she wished, in battle. And as a reward, which surprised me a lot, she left me the house and a beautiful orc weaponry. The house was amazing, warm, homey, beautiful, decorated just the way I like it. It was strange to call a place my home after all those travels. Next, uh, after I settled and let out some of my gear here, you know, put it up nicely um, to this on this display. I ventured into Ratwaits in Riften to find some, somebody, but ended up following a ghost that led me to a sword, which was guarded by ghostly guardians. Some wearing the armor and wielding weaponry of the blades, Imperial guards of the septum. I must have been worthy as the shield of the blades show invisible for me. Or maybe it was just Skyrim glitching out, who knows. I then got a new sword, Downfang, no, down, Downfang, one-handed weapon which deals different points of damage depending if it's night or day. I also m met Dirge, the legend, in the sewers 
And he was quite impressed by my weaponry. And I was a, a, impressed by his name, of course. And um, other than that, I tried to um, spend time getting more weapons. Now wielding Bloodthirst in one hand and Downfang in the other. Now more powerful than ever. I decided to do the good in other ways, hence why I joined the Legion. I could no longer come back to Dangard, but my skill set could be used to defeat the, de the rebellion of Ulfric, which I already found out was not a good person. My first mission for the Legion was to get rid of bandit camps, which with, uh, without any really problem, we did. Afterwards, they have honored me a high elf, ex bard, vampire, ex crusader with the oath of the Legion. I was now part of something bigger. Part of a battle for good. I gotten the Imperial Armor, which I wanted to put on, however, it was not as good as my Blades uniform, so I just left it at that. Next mission was to get Jagger Crown, which at this point was uh, way too simple. Next was Whiterun, and, uh, which is a strategically very important city in Skyrim. It's settled in between Solitude and Windhelm, and both Ulfric um, with his rebellion and the uh, Imperials wanted to take it because, again, it was probably the most important place in Skyrim. So I finally got to, to Jarl uh, in Skyrim, which was asked task to, to do at the beginning of the game. Um, but I spoke with him now and he did not want Legion's help, despite knowing that Ulfric will attack. I did not step in a city ever before, um, which now realizing was not a good thing because I basically ignored the pleads from the people of Riverwood, which were asking for some help from the Yarl. <sighs> so, some, sometimes, sometimes we do evil when we don't even know. But I did finally complete my mission and let the Yarl know that the people of Riverwood need needed help. And he promised to send it, which is good. That is when it seems that the realms of reality have crashed. Or basically the game glitched out because right now I was so far into all other missions and I haven't even stepped foot in Whiterun, so the game didn't know what it was going to do, so I had to reload a few times. Once I regained normality, I spoke to the Yar properly, and he said that um, he will um, talk about this with me once I deal with the dragon that is uh, attacking nearby um, nearby cities. And first thing he wanted me to do is get the ancient dragon tablet in the Blake Falls Barrow, which I did not go to yet either. Um, so I I was I went there, got the tablet, went back. It was a very simple mission. I then I was tasked to go to the Western Watchtower, as that's where the dragon was last seen. Soon I found out that dragons are no match for Night of the Gods. I also felt a strange power in my undead body, as if I had a soul again. I also spoke in a language I did not know, with words behind which there was a power, an unrelenting force. 
As I walked back to the Jarl, I heard a shout. No, a call. Jarl said it was a call of the Greybeards. Jarl being very grateful made me a thane, which I did appreciate. Erda gave me an axe to decline, um, to, to deliver to Ulfric Stormcloak. Uh, I have went to the Windhelm, the city of Rebellion, and I met face to face with Ulfric, first time since Helgen. His cold eyes did not change when he gave me the axe back to, to give back to Jarl. When I went back to Jarl and um, the siege basically started straight away. The Stormcloak's army had no chance against the forces of Imperial Army and the Knight of the Gods. General Tolius was happy with me and promoted me to Questor and sent me to a hidden military camp where I was meant to receive more orders. General Tolius tasked me to find documents and pose an, uh, as an enemy courier, which is not most honorable way to do things, yet what don't you do for good? I have delivered the message and was tasked to take on Fort Downstad. On the way I was attacked by my first wild dragon. It died quite quickly. Durantolius made me a pref prefect and rewarded me with a new shield. Orcish, rough, rigid, but beautiful in its own way. I was then tasked to get through to um, another um, Stormcloak uh, fort, of course, as I always. That seems to be most of this war. Um, but as I was going there, I stumbled across Orcish settlement. I helped them with a giant, and then I was asked if I can bring them um, troll fat and Daedra heart. I agreed to help, but I couldn't do it straight away. And I also f discovered a dwarven city, which I always love, but unfortunately, the, uh, the doors to the ancient city were barred. Fighting for the glory of Empire was not as glorious as it seems. It led me to the sewers of Riften, all for information and scheming. This was not an honorable way to do things, and I did not like this. But I had to, I had to follow the orders, so I had to get along with uh, the blackmail and other things that we were doing for the glory of Empire. As I was fulfilling the will of Empire, Emperor, through the various orders from General Tullius, we stumbled across a fort which was the greatest and toughest task that far. Dragons went down quicker than those soldiers. They grew strong or they grew weak. First time since the beginning of my crusade, I fled from a battle like a coward. I was not worthy of my title nor my sword. Hence why I went to the pet of the world, to Riften, to drown my sorrows in mead and blood. Blood of innocent tasted magical. Right after I went to the temple of the gods uh, and asked them for forgiveness and asked them to shine the light on me, but they could not cure my shame. On the bright side in my life, I had Serena, who was, despite everything, with me. They brought a curse on myself. Every I went, I was defeated, feeling so much weaker than ever before. Vampires, gargoyles, my life became hell. This was a curse of the level scaling. So I reached level 20. And it seemed that basically my equipment 
you know, it doesn't level up with me and my equipment basically became too weak. So that's why I needed to improve the equipment and what I did is finally focus on smithing. So I spent next five hours smithing. I went to different mines, mining especially iron ore, which seemed to be the hardest one for me to find. And I just focus just on on mining, smithing, and leveling up, up my skill. And that is where I am now. So we are all caught up on my Skyrim story. Uh, I'm looking forward to having more adventures with this character. But at the moment in time, I am just mining. <laughs> That's going to be most of what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks. But hopefully there's more adventures for me to talk to you about. So I hope you enjoyed this. But yeah, now with that out of the way, it's time for a reading from the Book of Skyrim. So this selective reading is from a book we have not looked at before, the Skyrim Library, Volume 3, The Arcane. The Dream of Sovngarde. In a few hours, I will likely be dead. My men and I, north of Skyrim all, will soon join with the Emperor's Legion to attack the Imperial City. The Aldemari are entrenched within and our losses will be severe. It is a desperate gambit, for if we do not reclaim the city, we will lose the war. Last night I prayed to mighty Talos for courage and strength in battle to come. In these last cold hours before the sunrise, I sit down to write this account of dream I had no longer after. I believe this dream was the answer to my prayers, and I would pass along the wisdom it contained to my kinsmen, for the battles they will fight in the years after my passing. In the dream I walk through mist towards the sound of laughter, merriment and the song of the north. The mist soon cleared and before me lay a great chasm. Waters thundered over its brim and so deep it was I could not see the bottom. A great bridge made of all whalebone was the only means to cross and so I took it. It was only a few steps onto the bridge that I encountered a warrior, grim and strong. I am Tsun, master of trials, he said to me, his voice booming and echoing upon the walls of the high mountains all around us. With a wave, he bade me pass on. I knew in my heart that I was granted passage only because I was a visitor. Should the hour come when I return here after my mortal life, the le legends say that I must best this dread warrior in a single combat. Beyond the bridge, a great stone longhouse rose up before me, so tall as to nearly touch the clouds. For they took all my strength, I pushed open the towering oaken door and beheld the torch-lit feast hall. Here were assembled the greatest heroes of the Nords, all drinking mead, poured from the great kegs and single battle songs. Sackling pigs turned on a long iron spit over a roasting fire. My mouth watered and the smell of roast meat, and my heart was glad to hear the song of old. Come forth, cried out hoary men who sat upon a high wooden chair. This I knew to be Yxmormoth, father of Skyrim and the Nords. I approached and knelt before him. You find yourself in Sovngarde, Hall of the Honored Dead. Now, what would you have of me, son of the North? He bellowed. I seek counsel, said I, for tomorrow we fight a desperate battle and my heart is full of fear. 
Is Gramor raised his tankard to his lips and drank until he, the cup was empty. Then he spoke once more. Remember this always, son of the north, and nor this judge not by the manner in which he lived, but the manner in which he died. With that, with that he cast aside a flag and raised his fist in the air and roared a great cheer. The other heroes rose to their feet and cheered in answer. The sound still rang in my ear when I awoke. I gathered my men and told them of my vision. The word seems to fill their hearts with courage. The horns are blowing and the banners are raised. The time has come to muster. May Talos grant us victory this day, and if I am found worthy, may I once again look upon the great feast hall. Skarden, free winter. And with that, we finish our today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you are looking forward to the next one next week. And with all of you that are listening, thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. Every episode is getting more and more listens and it absolutely means the world to me. If you want to be part of this, also you know follow me on twitter because that's where you can get in contact with me you can suggest topics we can have a discussion about elder scrolls other stuff because i talk about a lot of stuff there so it is at in the knee pod on twitter i'm also an arrow in the knee one on twitch where we do live streams and there's also a youtube channel i know so much variety here with the arrow in the knee and there on the my youtube channel it's mostly for my vods so if you want to uh, watch back a uh, live stream that you missed, you can always get them there. So it is just arrow in the knee. Uh, I also am on TikTok where I just made a little shorts. So, you know, if you're interested in that, um, go ahead and follow me there as well. Um, I do make some content there. It's not very regular, but uh, if you do enjoy little shorts, little funny skits, um, you know, some updates, unboxings, that's a place to find me as well. And that's at arrow in the knee pod as well but yeah that is everything for me today i do hope you love this as much as i did and i will see you or you will hear me next week see ya